Welcome to the Next Level Life and Finance Podcast. This is your host, Tony Kane. You know what? I suppose my job is to go out there and find the smartest and brightest people in the world, get them on the show, get inside their brains and extract as much gold as I can for my listeners. So today I've got Barry Dyke joining us. So Barry is the best-selling author of a book called The Pirates of Manhattan. Barry's based in the US and he has been exposed to what the real Wall Street is all about, not just the one that we get to watch on TV. So Barry's going to talk us through how he believes you need to protect yourself and how you need to educate yourself on your own investments to make sure that you're minimizing as much risk as possible. So bear with us today. The audio is a little bit scratchy. I am, due to this to the coronavirus and the self-isolation, I'm at home. So the audio isn't the best, but I promise you, if you stick around to the end, the message is really good and Barry's been really generous with his time to jump on from the US today um, despite all the audio challenges we've got there's some really cool gold nuggets in this podcast so thanks again um, for joining us today and today's episode is brought to us by Next Lending Solutions so if you've been thinking about taking advantage of low rates and refinancing to reduce your payments or buying a property in this sort of depressed market don't hesitate to touch base with the team at www.nextlend.com.au or call 95 95- Two four one zero seven two. So Barry, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So man, I was really glad to get you on. Obviously, um, being based in Australia here, being able to have access to someone like yourself and getting your perspective, not only on what's going on at the moment across the world, but also in terms of how you've helped so many people manage their wealth for such a long period of time. So mate, probably the first question I need to ask, and I'm going to make sure that Every one of my listeners goes out and get your gets the book, The Pirates of Manhattan. But to me, what's Wall Street really like? It's very, very corrupt. And um, um, and the thing is, is that um, it's not just in the U.S., but it's it's pretty much um, uh, in in the U.K. as well. Uh, the city of London and the, to some extent, Australia. A lot of the stuff. It's all um, Tony, if you will. Um, it's pretty corrupt and it's really about gambling with other people's money. And um, so I wrote my first book and it, it became a bestseller. I actually sold it in 23 countries. Uh, I published it in 2007. It was called The Pirates of Manhattan. And I've sold 30,000 copies of that in, as I say, 23 countries or so. And then I wrote a second book called uh, The Pirates of Manhattan Two Highway to Serfdom, um, which is uh, about how. Uh, uh, mutual funds are used. I guess you call them in, in Australia a, a superannuation. Is that how it is said correctly? Um, uh, yeah, we have um, managed funds, you know, which are form a large part of our superannuation. But yeah, you're right. And and, and the same thing in the UK. So what you, what what you find, Tony, and I'm just trying to tell you the truth as much as I know about it, a lot of this stuff is really um, gambling. And and so what I try to help people do is to invest in themselves and really to um, think outside the box because you really, um, you can't really look at um, the media for the truth because the media ends up um, getting, um, uh, I don't know, it it is very, very biased towards the institutions. And um, um, so that's where I'm, so so essentially, you know, and um, so I've sold my books throughout the world and I explained how a lot of this is gambling today with other people's money and, and, to be resilient and strong in the days ahead, you really have to think for yourself and to know what, what the truth is and um, which central banks are and so on, and which you just, you're not really going to get that, uh, Tony, in mainstream media. I don't know how it is in Australia, but that's how it is here in the U.S. 
Well, mate, it's probably very similar all across the world. And I'm, um, I was really glad to get a hold of you today, Barry, because I wanted to sort of get, get real tactical today and sort of help my listeners understand, okay, well, not just because, like you said, when you sort of open um, a newspaper or turn on the TV and it's and anything to do with finance, right, you generally get a very biased opinion pushed down your throat, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah, you do, you do. <laughs> like, uh, and it's sort of that, you know, it's just a, an ongoing, it's like an ongoing long-term brainwashing type of process. So that's why um, one of the big things with my listeners is I'm, I'm trying to build that independence and, and, you know, I sort of see it as my job to go and, get inside the brains of the smartest people on the planet, right? And then, you know, get all the gold out of there and then help my listeners educate themselves to make the smart decisions. So when I was looking at um, talking to you and going through your book, I sort of, um, one of the things that really stood out to me was how you refer to, you know, the casino age, where there's just yes, speculation is. is rife. And uh, so can you talk me through a bit more about that, Barry? Well, this is how it works. And actually, um, the funny thing, I'm, I'm researching another book. Um, which actually uh, touches on uh, one of the, um, uh, you had nine entertainment in the, uh, in Australia. There was a big television network. Am I correct? Yes, correct. Yep. Which actually went going to administration or bankruptcy, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, but in any event, um, so by the casino age, I mean, is that, you know, it, the house always wins. And we know if we own a casino, Tony, uh, whether it be in Australia in the U S the UK or wherever, Generally, the house always wins because they, they're always getting a rake off the top, no matter what. Yep. And so, so the same thing is, is, the, um, is, is, is with, the, um, with investing and saving. And, and this is so important to any society. So if you're investing for retirement, Tony, you really want to have some safety and some type of, um, uh, particularly if it's, it's, if it's earmarked for retirement, something which is very safe and very sound. But what I've found uh, over the, uh, the, the past 20, 30 years, is they really turned everyone's savings into a casino. And what, what has happened, um, I don't know what you call the, um, the financial service business in Australia, but what you find in the U.S. or in the U.K. Um, is that the fund managers, the asset managers, the wealth managers always get a rake off the people's money and, um, and um, not necessarily the, the uh, other people do. <laughs> and, and you know so so it's it's really and you know and and um uh so it's really it's it's kind of a private club or a small club tony and most of us are not in it so um so th so that's what we, kind of what i mean so what you're seeing is this tremendous gambling um with pe other people's money to give you some perspective um i don't know how old you are but back in 1999 and 2000 tony um 75 cents in every dollar uh, in, the, in the U.S. was going into high technology mutual funds or annuation funds, which you call them in the Australia, or the same similar name in, in the U.K. And uh, so 80 cents in every dollar is going into these technology funds. Well, 75 percent of those uh, of those companies which were invested in at that time are no longer in business, uh, Tony. So what you really have, so you really have to think for yourself because, as I say, banking rules the world, and the bankers rule the world, and um, um, and uh, and uh, what's a big uh, bank in the, uh, in Australia? Macquarie. Um, yeah, Macquarie. Yep. Yep. Macquarie. Yeah. Uh, so they they're, they're gambling here, okay, and we're gambling over there. You follow me? <laughs> but, 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 the, but the retail guy is really. 
it's 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 like playing um, uh, pinball with your hands tied behind your back. So this is why it, it really is a casino, and um, it, it, to me, it's sad. Um, but um, this is what, what what I mean by the casino age. Barry, and it's funny you say that because, like you said, it's um. There's a secret society, isn't there? And you're either in or you're out. And uh, 99.9% <laughs> percent of us are not in. I don't have a seat at that table. So it's, what do I do for listeners out there and for myself where you still need to have hope and you need to have some type of trust that there is going to be tools and ways to accumulate wealth. And I know that um, through reading your book, obviously, it's a little bit different over in Australia here where we don't have those sort of whole-of-life products. We've um, They've largely been replaced by superannuation and um, term life insurance. So we yep. don't, have the, don't have the benefit of having that security of that product. But if you're sort of, if you, if you came to Australia now and had to, had to sort of um, pick up your practice and move it to Sydney, right, without the benefit of having those whole of life dividend paying policies, how would you suggest that people, you know, in this day and age, whether it's during or post COVID-19, become wealthy, Barry? Okay. That's a, that's a good question. Well, first of all, um, I look at holistically, and uh, it's too bad you do not have the whole life uh, products that we have in the U.S. But um, first of all, uh, you know, I would you know essentially try to master myself. Okay, that's the biggest thing to control. Don't spend money you don't have to impress people you don't like. <laughs> you know, um, you know, and and, um, and also a lot of this is common sense, uh, Tony, but. Stay out of debt. This is the this is the world's problem right now, because central banks, um, because people are not making real wages, um, so the, the cheapest way for people to buy uh, goods and services um, is to increase debt. So you really try to be a saver before you invest. The way I don't know how it's promoted in the in, in Australia, but today what is promoted is that the only way to save is to put your money into the stock market. That's nonsense. You need to save first before you invest. Um, the uh, be prudent. Um, I also it comes down so much down to just a, a discipline. Which your discipline um, is like athletics. I look at um, the game of um, saving, if you will, Tony. Just like the game of athletics, you have to practice, practice, practice. And if you practice something over and over again, eventually you get better at it. We would hope. And so, um, so if you look at um, uh, saving is a thing of discipline. Be disciplined about it, um, and I think really, you know, the, and you know, and just say I, I call them the five S. You know, my faith is the most uh, important thing in my life. Um, the second thing is my family. The third thing is um, my friends. You know, uh, build emotional relationship with my friends. Uh, the next is uh, physical fitness. Okay, I think you need really to be shaped in shape these days. And lastly is final, uh, it, which is fiscal fitness, which is saving. So really kind of, I think really people need to be spiritually grounded really to get out of this stuff now and stop listening to the BS uh, from all the banks because um, history has shown us that they fail again and again and again. Um, so um, so this, uh, and, and think for yourself, I guess, um, and, and don't follow the crowd. Barry, I love those, I love those vibes of Fs because um. What I, what I, you know, my listeners um, will say that I harp on about this, but I'm, 
I've got a different philosophy to probably a lot of the world, right? Where a lot of these advisors and um, fund managers or people who are looking after people's personal wealth all sort of give their clients the advice of, you know, you've got to get to 60 so you can retire, or you've got to get to 65 and just hang in there. Where, you know, and I was an advisor, for, <laughs> <laughs> I was an advisor for a long time, right? So um, and just purely looking at the data that I had, I sort of found that the happiest people I looked after, they were the ones, you know, that, that probably accidentally followed your five Fs there, right? They had really strong faith, really um, good relationships with their family and friends. And I'm, I'm writing a book about this stuff at the moment, but they had physical fitness and then, like you said, fiscal fitness, but they weren't sort of hanging in there for a, a certain date. They were more or less saying, well, listen, I'm going to continue to build my wealth, but I'm going to have fun in my life and, and find the level of enjoyment in my career where I'm not going to, I'm not sort of dreading going to work every day. And I can actually sustain this career into my seventies and potentially even eighties. Right. And which, which actually creates more income, which reduces the requirement for that large capital base. So I, you know, I personally believe that I'll be right on this in, in the long run that if people were listening to this recording in, in 40 or 50 years, they'd be like retiring at 65. That that's like, you know, you're not even two thirds of the way through your working life yet. What, what, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Barry? Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and I read the Bible every day and, um, I don't know anywhere Tony where it talks about retirement plans in the Bible. I, I've, I've read it a couple of times, so I don't. Uh, I just don't. Um, you know, I. I think you know we're put on this earth, Tony, to be of service to some extent. I mean, that's just my my take on it. And what I found, Tony, is that generally the people who make real money um, are generally small business people or some people who whether it be technology or in the arts or in the and or in athletics or something like that, they focus and they work on something over a very long period of time and eventually they get good at it. And what I've found is that um uh you know that um um I've never found anyone um I've never met a person, uh, Tony, who's ever made their millions and millions of dollars in uh, uh, mutual funds or what do you call them, annuation funds there. Uh, in Australia, which is the same thing. I've never met anyone who's made all their money uh, in, in that stuff. I've, you know, generally I've found some person that made some, uh, their fortune in some uh, service uh, or helping others or, or solving some problem. So the thing is, is that, um, you know, so the whole, um, um, because Tony, no one knows the future. No one knows what, whether we're going to, whether we're going to die or become disabled or, um, or what interest rates are be. Or what tax rates are going to rates are going to be in the whole thing. So a lot of the stuff which is presented, packaged to the to the world populace, if you will, is quite frankly bullshit. You know, so <laughs> so the whole thing is you know to be to be blunt, and so people need to know that. And so all the people I know who who have made a lot of money, uh, I mean, they ha could have money in the market now, but they ne they never made their money initially investing in the market. They made it in some other. Uh, uh, goods or services or creating a manufacturing plant or something intellectual property. What that's just kind of my whole thing. So, uh, so um, look to within it, the God within everyone and everyone's got some, some type of uh, uh, a, a skill or craft or whatever, which God's given them. And this being Easter and all um, that uh, they, they'd really need to focus in on, you know, 
whether it be a carpenter or a teacher, what have you. That's just me. No, I, I, don't, I completely agree. I think that people completely underestimate their ability to create something and, and they don't consider themselves at all as an investment vehicle. And I think that's, um, if people can make that shift, that's fundamental because that changes everything. And I, I always believe um, if you gave me 200,000, Barry, you know, I could put it into a managed fund and, you know, get a 4% return or I could start a business and I could get a 800% return. You know, I think that's, um, that's the way I look at it, but that's just me. So I, I'm just conscious that there's people out there who probably are entrepreneurial and, you know, they, they, they don't have the, whether it's the desire, the skills or the, oh, what's the word? They're not, um, they're not comfortable. They wouldn't be comfortable in starting their own enterprise. So how do you think, and, you know, I'd love to get your thoughts on what we're going through right now. If you're, if, if someone's listening out there and going, well, I like my job as a teacher or as a, um, you know, as a plumber, but I have saved money. I've, you know, I've done really well, but what do I actually do with this money now moving forward? Because I want to create wealth for myself and my family like are you if it's not a if it's not a whole of life policy is it a pro- the property gold what was you sort of yeah well I, I, anything which generates in, uh, an income stream um tony and this is again you have to be creative in this um uh, for example uh, i've sold my, all my books tony and this is a true story i mean i've got to know people i don't know how you get to know me but uh how did you get to know me <laughs> well, wait, for, I, Bill, yeah, Bill. Yeah, I interviewed. Um, so I interviewed Bill Dake. Um, Bill Dake on Bill? Um, the Millionaire Next Door, and I. Oh, Bill Danko. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, okay. Um, and so that, yeah. And he said, "Listen, yeah. you should you should chase up Barry." And like I said, I've I've hunted you down. And thanks for coming on because I know it's been a little bit of a logistical <laughs> nightmare. But yeah, that's how I stalked you there, Barry. Yeah. So so any event. So uh, yeah. So anything you know uh, which will generate income stream. Um, uh, uh, Tony, because I, I don't want to be paranoid, but we're, we're facing, I don't know how it is in Australia, but I know, know it is in the U.S. I mean, these countries, uh, the U.S. essentially shut down, um, you know, other than, you know, uh, uh, food stores or, you know, in, 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 or restaurants where you can get takeout, whatever, uh, or, you know, essential services, you know, um, um, everything has been shut down. And I don't know if it's the same way in Australia, but... Um, but to be creative and, and generating income streams. And that, in other words, is that um, the, uh, the uh, how can I put it? The, uh, so generating some type of income stream. My point is, is that I ended up starting, um, when I published the first book, I ended up starting a publishing business, okay? Which okay. now people have come, you know what I mean? So you just don't know what happened. So some people could have a, you know, a, a gardening um, service or what have you. So um, these are just kind of the things that, uh, what would I suggest would it be carpentry or building or, um, you know, get, getting back the, I guess the old ways are a, a kind of a, a, a good way to go about this. It's funny you say that. I actually have a client, Mary. So um, if, if you look at current returns, right? So if we say that either it's a mutual fund or a superannuation fund or whatever, a stock, right? If you have, if you wanted to generate fifty thousand dollars a year in reoccurring revenue, you would need to have uh, at least, you know, one and a half million dollars, right, of accumulated oh, yeah, cap- easily. capital, yeah, easily, yeah. Maybe, maybe two, maybe two. I look at that and go, okay, well, that sounds pretty hard and long to do that. But if you were to um, start a business, I have a client. He actually um, 
supplements. He's a um, personal trainer, right? And what he did was obviously uh-huh. personal personal training is very hourly rate type of work. That's where you know you can only make as many much money as as many clients you can see, right? So yeah. what he did was what he did was he went. Um, it's actually a US US brand. Um, that like it's like what they do is they basically they're a supplement wholesaler. So he then designed a range of supplements, um, put his own label on it, and built a website, and now sells supplements both to his clients and to the general public, right? And you know he he turns over about another eighty ninety thousand dollars doing that, which is that's and that's and he would probably net around about fifty to sixty thousand off off that, right? So. I'm, and he probably invested, I don't, know, I don't know for sure, but what's a website, you know, website and a bit of marketing might have cost yeah. him 10, 20,000. So I look at that and go, I wonder if that's the, you know, either it's whether it's in exchange of investing in stocks and property or in addition to, but I look at that and go, you, what, how quickly has he been able to just set up and start a business, which um, gives him an extra 50, 60,000 a year compared to, what his mum or grandmum would have had, grandma would have had to do to accumulate two million dollars to invest that in uncertain <laughs> assets, right? To then generate fifty thousand, and I think that gives that excites me so much. Um, seeing that story, and I think if you're listening out there, I think that would get you really excited to go. Well, shit, it's it may take a long time or be impossible for me to save two million dollars, but you know, I can get a website up and running in, you know, before the end of the Easter weekend and start, you know, making money. <laughs> so yeah. I think that could be the new investment class, right? That side hustle. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, now I saw your website. You're, you're an athletic guy, Tony. Am I correct? Um, I suppose I am athletic in some degree. Okay. So no, I like it too, but I'm getting older. But my point is, is that, and stop believing you can get something for nothing. Okay. I think uh, persistence um, is really the most important thing. It's uh, that God would then j- just to keep going on this stuff because I think we're, as the, the world population has been sold a bill of goods. You can get something for nothing, Tony. Yeah, and, um, and, 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 and it's, you know, whether it be in Australia or the U S the UK or wherever. Um, I, I, and I think you having some vision and, and sticking with it, persistence, it's like I've written, you know, three books, I'm in the process of writing a fourth one. And people don't understand that it took me 10 years of research to write the first one. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so that's why I, I think my faith is more important now than ever. But just never, when you have a vision, just never give up. And, you know, um, um, and, and, and don't believe that you can give your money to some um, money manager, in whether it be in Australia or the U.S., whatever, and they're going to create money out of nothing. I mean, sometimes they will, you know, um, but a lot of this um, market um, has really gone up because of the p- printing the money by the central banks. And it's, it's pretty much the same thing, whether it be in the US, Australia, or the Bank of Japan, or, or the uh, Bank of England, or uh, you name it, uh, the Chinese as well. So um, that's just kind of my take on this stuff, Tony. So do, is, it, is it fair to say, Barry, that you have lost all faith in in financial institutions across the world like well do you have uh, yeah um, I, we all need them tony i need banks okay um uh we we need you know and i actually invest for people i no i i i do have faith i i like um companies which are mutually owned i don't know if you have that type of where essentially the 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 uh, the policyholders or the 
shareholders are actually part of the company ownership. I don't know if you have that type of structure in the UK. I mean, the U in Australia. We um, do. We have um, we have like um, community-owned banks, so yeah. where they're essentially owned by the the, um, the customers, which is good. But they're not as we're probably um, operating off a very similar set of structure here. But where man, I, 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 I count my lucky stars, and I do thank God because in Australia where we have a compulsory system, right? So where from the day you get your first job to the day you retire, 10% of every dollar you earn goes into your superannuation, your retirement account. So we are very fortunate where, and those are largely invested into mutual managed funds, but you have complete control over what you invest in inside your superannuation fund. So we're probably lucky where we don't have that retirement shortfall problem maybe that other countries do because of the, the, the nature of it being mandatory. So the problem we have is because it's such a large pool of money, people people treat it a bit like an ATM machine where they're actually, you know, yeah. they they actually are gambling a little bit with it because it's it's such a large bucket. But it's it's one of those weird ones in Australia, I suppose, that because the money is there and it has to be there, we're actually, we don't actually have a large flexibility of what we do with that money if that makes sense yeah do, i don't know do they have guarantees or whatever tony uh, of any you know like guarantee of principal or anything like that sir uh not not so much there's a couple of like annuity based funds where you can get into but i think australians and it's, i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing it's probably maybe a bit like the u.s we're very industrious so we're probably a little bit on the gambling side and a bit more aggressive than um, other sort of um, countries. So most people would just literally have their superannuation invested in stocks and managed funds, essentially, with a very small holding of cash-based products. Yeah, well, 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 this is interesting you bring this up, Tony, uh, but I don't know how it, Australia, but I, um, what, what I've found and I've researched this and I've found um, uh, and Australia is obviously different than the UK uh, or the US, but um, my research has found, uh, Tony, that um, um, <laughs> these large pension funds from like uh, General Motors or uh, IBM or British Airways or some of these very large corporations now, Tony, what they're doing is they're actually buying insurance contracts uh, from insurance companies to guarantee the, um, the, their income streams. Um, is, this is something I don't know if you, you would see this in the, uh, in, the um, uh, in Australia, but I have seen this type of thing. And um, um, it, it, so anyway, so what, what you're seeing in the UK and the US is a lot of companies are buying annuities essentially to finance the retirement plan. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we, um, what happened in Australia, they largely shut them down. So they sort of, um, and I know this because my dad was a police officer for a long period of time and they essentially rightly or wrongly, the uh, actuaries, they ran the numbers back in the eighties and sort of said, well, shit, we're going to have a lot of people who are going to retire at one point who are going to require a lot of pensions. So they essentially, Australia's, you know, the, whether it's apart from politicians, right? Essentially, those defined benefit income streams, they basically cashed everyone out in the 80s and 90s and said, oh, here's, you know, here's 50 grand or 100 grand, which looks amazing when, you know, when, you're, when you're 40 in the 90s. But now that, what that could have been was $80,000 a year 
index for the rest of your life. So um, I think that, like you said, that probably leads into your point of, you know, the house always wins, right? They're pretty smart. They, they understand that, you know, that they were going to lose in the long run if they kept those products alive. But it's interesting times. Like, I mean, I don't know. I suppose for myself now, looking um, at the world, Barry, I think it is hard to retain confidence. And I know that the, the coronavirus has all hit us for, like like it sucker punched us all. But I think you've got to just be way more tactical in the new world and, and think about, okay, well, I can't, you know, I can't trust what the news tells me. I need to actually make my own mind up about where I'm going to put my hard-earned yeah. money. Amen. Yeah, you really have to. Uh, and um, because it's, this is, I'm, I guess maybe I'm just, uh, I'm, uh, I'm jaded, uh, Tony, because I've even seen, um, I think, and I was, I think before our, uh, our phone conversation, uh, I was looking at some of the things that even, um, I was reading about some of the, uh, uh, the, the it's, it's usually called Westpac. Yeah. Um, yep. Okay. And like how they, um, uh, they were, I don't know, they were, the consi- you know, so how they consistently offered, um, um, BT funds, uh, and w- which I'm assuming is a, like a mutual fund, and, correct. Um, yeah. But they're they're and but they're charging. It was it was they're um, collecting rents. Matter of fact, I have this article right in front of me. Is that they're collecting rents, Tony? As much as four point four percent. And I was like, holy moly, how did they get away with that? <laughs> and so <laughs> you know that's. And, you know, it was a Don Collion for the Godfather said a man <laughs> with a briefcase can steal more money than 20 men with guns. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, this is your backyard, okay? I so, love that. So, I, you know, so, so I, 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 yeah, I, I guess, baby, I know we all have to invest and save and so forth, but I'm saying these are real, these are astronomically high fees. I think it's, so, um, um, it's good that you yeah. said that, Barry, because as an advisor for a long time, People, it was almost like there wasn't any fee. So I think you go look at, yeah, people look at returns, 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 right? That's always the figure. I got 8%, I got, I got 9%, I got 4%, whatever. But they, they all, they are always talking in gross numbers, never in net numbers. And I think, um, I know I, I sat down with my father-in-law one day, my wife's, my wife's dad, and mate, extremely hard worker. He, he um, worked six days a week for 40 years and, he was getting near retirement and I, I was in the game. So I said, Give, can I look at your statement there, Steve? And the same with you. He was, he was getting charged 3%. And I was like, and this is, this is a couple of years ago when the, before the markets really ra- rallied, Barry. And I said, Steve, man, just so you know, if the markets return 6%, you're only netting 3%. <laughs> and, he, and the light bulb sort of went off and he went, oh, shit, okay. I need to, you know, I said, you'd be, you would be, as of right then, he would have been better off being in cash, right? Because he wouldn't have had to ride the roller coaster. <laughs> so. Yeah, be, yeah, because these things, Tony, you know, and there's no guarantees, you know. I mean, as well as engrossing 8%, it could have, it could have um, I don't know how, you must be affected uh, by what was going on in the U.S., but people, year to date, Tony, people have lost, uh, uh, about tw- they've lost 23%. Uh, on their yeah. on their uh, on 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 a whole, these Standard and Poor's 500. So, um, so th- these are the facts. And uh, I've actually studied the returns on very large pools of money uh, and the pension funds, Tony. And um, 
they don't do that great. <laughs> they just funny. don't. <laughs> Very. Um, it's um, it's been good to chat to you today because I love I love your really. Um, it's I think, and I'm guilty of it sometimes being too bullish and too positive and a bit of a I suppose a bit of a you know a, a she'll be right type of guy. But I, I love talking to people who have been at the front line of all this and obviously. Um, written books and, and obviously has um, been followed in this regard because I think that the peace of mind is, is the most valuable thing that you can get. Like if, Amen. You're, if you're at home right now and um, I've had this conversation a lot of time and I love where Bob, Warren Buffett, you know, going back, to, he's probably more investing than, than you'd like. But in terms of he goes, if you're not happy to hold a stock for 10 years, don't hold it for 10 minutes. So, I think um, that peace of mind play is so valuable that people need to know that when they're structuring a portfolio, they need to be able to firstly ask themselves that sleep at night question. You know, can I sleep? <laughs> if I'm going to do this for the next 10, 20 years, am I going to lose sleep worrying about when I wake up what the S&P or the Dow is going to do? Yeah, yeah. So this is... You know, so I guess maybe, uh, Tony, uh, uh, I'm 66 years of age. How old are you, Tony? 34. Okay, all right. So I'm, up, I'm, not, I'm not twice your age, but close to it, okay? I've, I've seen a number of crashes. And, um, and, and so I, I guess maybe as a, uh, you know, um, so, uh, so I'm just I'm more cautionary um, uh, as I get older. And, um, you know, some people, I have some clients are worth, nothing than some clients worth a hundred million dollars. So, um, the, but what I found is that, um, and like you mentioned, your father-in-law, you older, you get, you're not as, I guess maybe you're, uh, you're scared, scared of heights as you get older, let's say. <laughs> and, um, um, so, yeah, so, um, and I admire you from, uh, at your age, but I guess maybe uh, I'm, I'm conservative because, um, I can't look at people. Um, um, and, uh, you know, I, I won't do what I won't, I won't put people's money where I wouldn't put my own. No, and, and that, yeah. I love it, Barry. I think um, the message that I've, and I, I'm so lucky to do these podcasts because I, even though I'm asking the questions, I, I'm listening. I'm, I've got a little notepad here, you know, taking notes <laughs> as, we're, as we're going along. And I think one of the things that I've got really gotten out of today is that, that A, that you've got to be, you can't be naive. You, you can't just assume that because this company has a huge sign on top of the biggest building in New York City that they're um, for one second reputable and they're not going to be skimming off the top of what you earn. And, and like you said, we're, we've all seen it where the markets do crazy things and you go, hold on, that, 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 there's no reason why that stock should have went up today based on all the fundamentals or that, it's a, or that market went down or what have you. And then that, you know, the... Uh, you know, the conspiracy theorist in me goes, well, hold on, there's something else going on that, that none of us are privy to, right? So I think as yep. first and foremost, I would love as a, the listeners to go, hold on, yeah, that all makes sense, but let, just hold back, hold back and get all the, all the facts. And I think you've got to be careful of the person who's giving you the advice. I think um, Warren Buffett had a great quote. He says, Wall Street is the only place where the advisors catch the subway to work to give people who drive Bentleys the advice, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the people with the money are worth uh, 50 times more than the people who are giving them the advice on the money. Oh, I've got a little visitor here. 
come over here, darling. Um, I've got my, my daughters are just waking up, Barry, so we're about okay. to get interrupted. But, um, um, but mate, I um, just wanted to say thanks for coming. Just a little thanks. Easter egg. She wants the Easter egg. Um, say hello, Barry. Hello. <laughs> um, but mate, um, thanks for coming on today. It's been really great to get your perspective on 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 the markets. And I think the other thing I was getting to there was the importance of the importance of having another income stream or another like lifeboat. And yeah, multiple income is- streams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just yeah, be more self reliant, um, uh, Tony. And I guess maybe that's what I've learned too. And um yeah how old's your daughter tony she's three so um uh, yeah so she's uh she's she's just come downstairs and she's looking for the easter egg bucket so she's uh <laughs> she's uh we had a lot of chocolate the last two days so um but but barry mate um thank you so much i'd love to you know what i'd love to do i'd love to grab you another time make down the track once the world's gone back to normal and and have another chat to sort of see how you're going and um what i'm going to do i'm going to add the sh- add your books right i've um i've got i've got your book in front of me i'm going to add the links to get your books via amazon in the show notes right both the um the pirates of manhattan and pirates of manhattan to highway to surfdom um i'll um i'll put them in the show notes mate and i encourage my listeners to pick it up because yeah I and, um, it, yeah i'd like to um place it um the uh, the, the uh, copy of the show on, on the web i have my daughter put with twitter so i can get you some some uh, pr as well mate awesome buddy that'd be great well mate thank you so much for coming on mate um you take care and uh, stay safe over there and we'll chat again really soon God bless and have a great Easter. There you go, guys. Another episode done and dusted. And thanks for bearing with us with the audio there. Um, But I found that amazing. Like, I talk about this concept of offense and defense. Offense is bringing the money in, right? Your ability to earn, your capacity to earn. It was really cool to get the perspective from Barry to basically say there's all the investment vehicles in the world. But you've got to look at yourself as the number one income generation thing that you've got. Because do you believe it or not, you're, you're worth millions and millions and, and you're the safest bet right so i think it's a really good time now especially over easter to reflect and go well what are, what's my best skill set how can i work on myself to generate more income and then barry's really big on that defensive component making sure that just because you know this this company has been around for 100 years it doesn't mean that they're going to give you the best advice so and i'm really glad to get barry's perspective on this today because all too often and i've seen this too many times with clients who have come to me after they've been somewhere else and they've just had the wrong advice and it's cost them a fortune it, it resets their plans by by so long and it's really sad so um it was really good to get barry's probably conservative um views on the world of investing to make sure that you a you're investing yourself b you're using the right products and and three you basically got a plan to make sure that you get your you're protected especially in times like this so thanks again for, for hanging with us today um if you haven't already do us a favor and hit the subscribe button and if you can leave a quick rating that just helps us a lot to get the podcast exposed to so many more people we can hopefully keep educating people and building amazing lifestyles for people so stay safe take care and look forward to catching up again on the next podcast